Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's time for more. Page 7 and Wizard and the Bruiser present Release the Butthole Cut Tour coming to you in September and October. Where are we heading in September, Jackie? We're going on September 12th. We're going to Nashville. We're going on September 13th to Atlanta, Georgia. And then we're going back to my hometown September 14th of Tampa, Florida. In October, October 3rd, we're going to be in Detroit, Michigan. October 4th, we're going to be in Columbus. And October 5th, we're going to be in Pittsburgh. Page 7 and Wizard the Bruiser present Release Release the Butthole Cut Tour. You can find tickets at lastpodcastnetwork.com, baby. Hello, everybody. Sorry, it's a little different this week. <laughs> They've already turned it off. They're already like, okay, whatever. I'm done. I'm good. <laughs> Well, I have to practice for Thursday, okay? This is very important, all right? So you guys are just going to have uh, to deal with now it. Now people are going to turn it up. I'm drunk in the back of the car, and I'm crying like a baby coming home from the bar. Oh, said I'm fine, but it wasn't true. I don't want to keep, keep secrets just, just to keep, keep you. And I snuck in through the garden gate every night that summer just to seal my fate. Oh, and I scream for whatever it's worth. I love you. Ain't that the worst thing you, you ever, ever heard? heard? He looks up grinning like a devil. It's new. The shape of your body is... It's blue. Oh, you feeling it, Chad? You feel, feeling I've got it? It's ooh, oh, oh. It's a cruel summer. It is a cruel summer. This is the summer of death, divorce, tragedy, MJ. Well, it's all page around seven, us. everybody. Good we, Lord. We are, it is a summer of a lot of divorces, and we um, do have a couple of sad celebrity deaths. And But you know what? Perhaps is saddest of all is that Jackie Zabrowski is very alive, but not here right now. <laughs> divorced? <laughs> not divorced either. All right, not divorced either. There you she go, two for two. Alive That's alive and happily married, but not alive, present Alive, happily here. married, and but not here right now. that there are a lot of page seven people out there for whom she may as well be dead and divorced if she's not here. For whom the Jackie tolls. <laughs> for whom yes. the Jackie tolls, yes. <laughs> if you come to page seven for Jackie, you are experiencing your own summer of divorce right now because she's not here, but don't worry. We did, she didn't get a divorce from the show. She just has a work thing this week that we um, are going to accommodate her. A, a, a exciting, great work thing for her. And so Holden and I are here. And good news, it's also Era's week for Holden. Oh, my God. So this Thursday, I'm going to Era's. I told Lex we have to get there at 10 a.m. No, it's very funny, though, because she was like, wait, 
what time do you want us to get to the video? I'm like, like the middle of the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Um, I mean, I want to be able to get some merch. I want to just take my time. Last time we were like sprinting. Like I was stressing out. I think Camilla, no, Charlie, was it? Charlie XCX, I think, was first. Had already come out. My like one of the other reasons I went to the show. Well, it was Camilla Cabello and Charlie XCX. It was a great opener. That is a great opener. Great opener. And um, you know, I was like missing part of the set opener set, and I was like, it just was a whole thing. But also, it's like this really is for me. I don't know what word to say it. It's like. I don't know. I'm just, it's my special moment for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's your, it's like a wedding day, but for it's you. It's my wedding day. Yeah. You're a bridezilla. Yes. <laughs> Even though you're also day. married. This is my, like married. my wedding day. You know what it's like to have a wedding MJ. day, but this is your wedding and day. And it's yeah. very important to me that I experience this thing purely and fully. Yep. I don't want, I don't want to be stressed mm-hmm. out. You don't want your wife to get in the way. I don't, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't want to be stressed out. <laughs> I don't, I'm also giving her a full sleep in morning. I'm doing the full morning with because I just want to guarantee a fun evening of fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to do everything. And I, can. I think that you're gonna. I think you're gonna have a fun evening of fun. I'm excited for you. But it's so intense with a kid because the show doesn't get out until like after eleven, and then it's gonna to get home from there. Yeah, it's gonna take like. So I don't even know what to, it's going to take like two hours to get home. I think. Yeah. I don't. It's crazy. I don't even know how, but I'm going to do this, and I don't care. And also, I'm putting out the call on Friday night. Maybe she was too drunk to understand that this was a mistake. But Jackie said she wants to go to fucking Eras, dude, and I want to go a second night. I'm putting the call out still. Two tickets. Make Jackie nice dreams come true. If you can find anything, people. Thank you, by the way, everyone sending in, DMing me with like contests to win tickets and stuff like that. That's huge if you know any other secrets send them my way um or send me to the key master if there's a ring lord i have to (laughs) do a mission for i'd be happy to do it so let me know you know and i know that people jackie and i actually discussed this so friday jackie confessed to holden that she does want to go to eras and then saturday morning she she and I discussed it in the sober light of day and she stood by it and she <laughs> says, I really do want to go to Eras. And I said, you know, what's sad about this is that if Holden and I talk yeah. about this on page seven, when you're not there, people no one won't will believe. believe us. People will no think that will Holden's obsession has gone too far and he's lying about Jackie now. And That's the thing. So- <laughs> and, and I get it. I get it because you already have a disdain for my passion. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which is understandable mm-hmm. at best. And idiotic at worst, you know what I mean. <laughs> but I, I, I need, I need you guys to know that she really wants to go and how fun. With you, what you know, we'll take a bunch of videos and we'll put out a bunch of content. And again, that okay. Now you get not only do you get the full Holden McNeely uh, experience at Eras if you decide to take us because you have extra tickets, you get the whole Jackie Holden experience now, which is for a Eras. different experience. I'm going Thursday. It is the first night of the run. It's I cannot believe how long many shows she's doing. It's it runs this Thursday through Wednesday. Okay. And uh so and I'm I will probably I will drop whatever. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll probably drop whatever. You got I'll some money put plans. away for Winnie's college that you could tap into, probably. <sighs> I mean, show me where the seats are on the map, maybe, <laughs> but other than that, like if they're not like my already horrible seats, then I'm probably in. You know what I mean? So Yeah. You know, I, and I think I get it because 
Listen, I get that not everybody's thing is Taylor Swift. That's totally fair. If you feel like Holden talks about Taylor Swift too much, that's that's a criti- there are many criticisms of Holden that you can Wow, level. nobody says that, but whatever. I don't understand that one because let people have their little fandoms, right? But if you don't personally get it, I understand that. But I feel like the thing about eras is like even it's just the concert. Again, we I'd say this all the time. We love a collective experience. Cool thing about Barbie, really fun, big collective experience. Everybody's dressing up. Everybody's going opening weekend. It's like this whole thing. And I'm, eras I loved that, that the whole, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And eras has been that for months. So it's like for months, it's like, oh, now it's New York's turn. Now it's yeah. Billy's turn. And it's just been fun to see everybody go and have fun. So I'm not even I'm a I'm a Taylor person. I only do the bops. Yeah, yeah. My brother keeps trying to convince me to do folklore and evermore. I only like the bops, but I would totally go because it would be a fun big old thing. What's not to like? Well, if you go, you need to know a few things. First of all, you have to, of course, wear friendship bracelets and trade them with friends. Mm. I doubt I'll make a lot of friends, me being the way I am, <laughs> looking the way I am, but I will attempt to and trade bracelets with people and I will have an arm's worth thanks to the fans who showed up to our Release the Butthole Cut tour. Yes. Lastpodcastnetwork.com. We've got some more shows in September and October. We have so many friendship bracelets. It's actually really, really awesome. I have a lot of friendship bracelets. I'm very hype about that. I still have to get my era's look. I think I might go to the mall like literally Thursday morning, I might like just go and like try to find something. Um, but also the bridge I sang at the beginning of this show, you, that must be sung at the top of your lungs. Uh, uh, it's one of the first songs of the whole night and everyone sings that bridge. Right. Also, yes, Jackie was yelling at Holden because on Friday night he didn't have it memorized. Yet. I didn't and have Jackie it. I've, I've like, been working on I it. I have it memorized. How do you not have it memorized? I've been working on it yeah. and now I've got Lexi working on it. We're both keyed in. Yeah. Also, one of my favorite ones is after uh, at a certain part of Delicate when she goes, but you can make me a drink. Everyone goes, one, two, three, let's go, bitch. So you got to scream that uh, uh, when she does that. And then, you know, and then on the next side, where you at? You know, it goes into that whole bit. So anyways, we were watching Reputation anyways last <laughs> night. But all right, everyone's already annoyed now because I've been talking now too much. I'll let's talk about off. a different. Now I'll cut you off. Let's talk about a different concert experience that I, I really hope uh, stops. Um, uh, but I'm, I, I, ha- I can't help but root for Cardi B, even though Assault was involved. Uh, Cardi B throws a microphone at a fan who tossed a drink at her. And I've watched the video like the Zapruder tape uh, <laughs> back, back into the left just to like see me. Because at first you're like, wait, wait, was she like, you know, you want to make sure it was intended that she intended to throw that drink the way she totally. did. Yes, she did. She clearly like holds it in a launching yeah. way. Like she is not there to sip upon it. And then it goes flying at Cardi B. So yes, the drink was intended to be thrown. Absolutely. After that, you go, wait, did she actually hit the right person with the that was That was why I kept rewatching it. I was like, oh shit, did she hit the right person? But of course she did because she does not miss. Yeah, of course. She She's literally awesome. does not miss. And I want to say this to uh, you, Me? asshole person in the crowd. How dare you then go to the police afterwards? You are such a little wimpy wimp for doing that. And guess what? Throwing a drink on someone I do, I believe technically counts as assault. So I think that you were the first perpetrator of that. Yes, the microphone hurt a lot harder than the drink did, but I'm so fed up of seeing stories in the news about performers getting hit with things while they're trying to perform that I'm happy performers are starting to fight back. It is so crazy. And yeah, I I was looking at this article and it was like, they listed all the other people. I believe, was it Bebe Rexa who got hit in the face with the phone? Yeah, Bebe Rexa. The following people have been been, have been recently hit 
um, on stage. Harry Styles, Bebe Rexa, Drake, Kelsey Ballerini, Steve Lacey, Kid Cutie, and Pink. Um, have all had shit thrown at them. And the guy who threw a phone at Baby Rex's face, busted her fucking eyelid open, or eyebrow area open, had to get stitches, and his quote was, I thought it'd be funny if I hit her with my phone, which is the most idiotic, nonsensical thing that's such a weird, like, waste of money. Like, I just don't even understand any element of how that's funny. But I don't understand comedy anymore, I don't think. Again, I'm feeling this way because of just the general comedy climate of social media. So this is Old Man McNeely signing off. MJ, take away <laughs> for the rest of the show. Yeah, it's really... Um it is 50 minutes with MJ. I'm not Take even going to weigh. <laughs> I could do it. <laughs> I'm not even really going to weigh in on like, there's a lot of people being like, is this a trend or is it just that we're seeing it? This has always happened and we're seeing it more because more people have phones or whatever. I don't really know. It does seem like a trend. Yeah. It um, started with a slap I around also, the world. It's hard and, you not know, to link it to that, but I don't know if it actually is linked to that. We literally said, we were like, people are actually concerned that this has unlocked some P Pandora's box of like aggression from the audience towards live acts. And I, I was like, yeah, but it's not real. Like, I'm sure it's whatever. And now it's just happening all the time. So I don't know what to think. That's the thing. Like, I also, I remember us saying after the slap, like, well, this is kind of just like a, a, a significant, there's a significant symbol of a just of a barrier between the audience and the the stage in terms of physicality that you like to respect. And it was, it, the slap seemed like, okay, well, that has been broken in a way that we hadn't really seen on television before. And, and so I don't, but again, I, I hesitate to like, be like, this is a trend that was started with that or whatever. I don't really know, but I do know that Cardi B is like the the just the best person to confront whatever this is. If it's a trend or not a trend because she just immediately was like I have been attacked. I will attack back and she was so unfazed by it and it is so in line with just her general approach to things. Yeah. And yeah, I mean of course like nonviolence whatever you shouldn't like attack people whatever. <laughs> I know. But like oh, uh, she had I think she had kind of a primal of that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't don't make violence <laughs> with violence etc. But yeah, if somebody <laughs> throws shit at you on the stage and you have the like kind of primal reaction to just throw your shit right back at them, it's extremely satisfying, you know. I will say that if you didn't see this part of the story, uh, literally like earlier that week, she has there's a video of her. She's on a microphone throwing spree a little bit. She throws a microphone at a DJ who kept like cutting her songs off early at a Vegas <laughs> show. And there's actual video of it. And it's very a very similar lob. She like throws it. She kind of has that moment of like motherfucker, and then like throws it like in the same way that she threw the mic at this lady. I feel like that was maybe a little less justified, but also kind of hilarious. I'm sorry. I do find it kind of funny. Uh, it's a funny <laughs> visual image of her just going, <laughs> it's also such a give up on performing. Like usually you'll see video of performers like fighting back, but continuing to do the song. I know. Or, like, you know when had, Taylor Swift was like mic, yelling at the, it's over. Yeah. But she, she just relinquishes the mic completely. It's like, I'm not doing shit. All of a sudden she just standing on a stage. That was also my favorite part about it. It's just like, okay, I guess the song's over, you know, like she just doesn't give up. Yeah. It's just fuck it. Yeah. Which is, there's such a fun, it's hard. I'm glad we're putting it into words. So I'm like, why is this so funny to me? <laughs> like, why is it just? And it listen, looks if so you think silly. that this is just like a Cardi B thing, Adele recently said at her Vegas residency, she said, "If you throw something at me, I'll fucking kill you." Yeah. So like, 
you know, again, I think Cardi is just the person who's ready to be like, I am not going to let you like attack me without attacking you back. But I also it does seem like performers certainly are noticing that this is a thing that they have to fucking think about. That's now, right. And Kelly know? Clarkson's noticing uh, someone throwing some riz her way. Uh, that's Ooh. right. Uh, during the opening night of the Grammy winners, Las Vegas residency chemistry on uh, residency chemistry, I guess it's called chemistry. Ooh. <laughs> on Friday, one woman held up a sign letting Clarkson know that her girlfriend gave her a quote hall pass for the American Idol alum. Uh, and uh, Kelly Clarkson responded, my girlfriend gave me a hall pass for you, said Clarkson, reading the sign aloud. If I was in a chicks, I'd take up the offer. I just unfortunately like dicks. Yeah. Great response from Kelly Clarkson. Good word. Unfortunately, too. I love, I love, I, I I love unfortunately. unfortunately. That's I like how dicks. I always say it too. I'm like, I am just unfortunately and relentlessly attracted to people with penises. It's, it's also just so funny that the idea of just like liking a bunch of dicks. Yes. Like, I don't know. I just see a bunch of dicks like in a field. Like, it's just like, I like those dicks. I like dicks. Right. Just, <laughs> unfortunately. Is, in the abstract, it's a strange thing to like. You know, you can't argue. That's why, <laughs> that's why it's so funny that she said, unfortunately. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Yeah, it's like totally uh, crazy, the, this live show stuff, but at least we're having some fun moments with it. But uh yeah, I uh, come on, people. I, 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 you know what I'm going to do. I think for uh, Taylor Swift, I, I think I'm going to throw something at her. But in in order to do that, I think I have to just put something in a hot air balloon or or attached to a drone or something and fly it from my seat. It'll probably take a couple days to get there, <laughs> but finally get to the actual stage where she's performing to drop it on her. My seats are so bad, ladies and gentlemen. The Jackie Holden experience comes to you. You all listening. I, I just want to point out that drones, um, you know, I, I, you're not talking about a weaponized drone, but drones might be also frowned upon in terms of a tool. Oh, to yeah, I'm sure. The, uh, yeah, yeah. I guess because they're used like weapons in the military <laughs> and whatnot, I guess. No, mine will be a fun drone. fun drone. It'll be like painted painted pink and it'll have, you know, uh, I'm hi, it's, I'm the problem, it's me. And it'll have a machine gun attached <laughs> to it. And, um, don't listen to that. I'm kidding. That's all a joke. Please don't make me not be able to go to the show. Uh, now to talk, get a little, just, uh, hey, it's, it is a, it's a cruel summer. It's a tragic summer. And, you know, I'm glad we're kind of out of the divorce hole of news we've been in lately. I will say though, uh, shout outs, what Beyonce's mom is going through a divorce. That was the new one this week. Oh, yeah? That's, that's, yeah, yeah, Beyonce's mother just filed. Who's next 
to go. We'll see. But um, it was more about death this week. And I want to talk about Paul Rubens and yeah. I want to talk about Angus. Um, but before that, d- did we really talk much about Sinead O'Connor last week? I don't. Th- I think that the Sinead stuff happened after we recorded last week because I don't think we've talked about her at all. I, um, MJ, you know, I definitely thought about you a lot this uh, w- this week because of this, because obviously you're, you know, you're our, you're our little resident activist uh-huh. or whatever. It's so cute with <laughs> I like to make my little points. <laughs> I like a, I, I like to make a little a little argument about things <laughs> that I believe in sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So so I you know I was definitely thinking about you a lot with this with with her because I definitely feel like I got her wrong when I was younger. I definitely just saw her as like a part you know a bit of a party pooper. <laughs> <laughs> this woman is beautiful, but so angry. Yeah, it's I don't like, like it. She's just always upset about something, and I just want to be, you know, a silly willy boy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is the plight of many of the activists. And I, you know, it, it, it was before her death. Um, I was listening to a podcast. A couple people were talking about her documentary and how powerful it was and how badass she was. And uh, this was pre-death. And I was like, I should watch that documentary. I should go back and listen to those albums, you know, um, uh, Cobra and the Bear, right, is her first one, and uh, uh, and and really and 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 really see because you you forget sometimes you're like, oh right, this artist is probably way more than just nothing compares to you, right? You know, right? Like there's probably a lot more going on there. There's no reason. There's no way that was the only thing that made her what made her such a household name, right? You know, that and the Pope rip right we love to distill things to the it's dumbest fucking nature in this country when it comes to like the scope of a person's career in life right right and so i'm i so so i was already kind of thinking about doing that and then she passed away and that day i I, that day we went to see barbie i put on cobra and the bear on the way home we threw on the documentary that night we watched it over a couple of nights and i proceeded to just be kind of blown away by this person and um, it's really just so unfortunate that uh, she was only seen for uh, for that one inc- incident. And um, weirdly, we have a weird line to draw here uh, between her and Paul Rubens. And I had to look up the incidents. And Paul Rubens' thing, I believe, happened in 92. She ripped the Pope photo up in 91. Oh, wow. So they were both right around, the, they were within a year of each other. And they were two people who got completely fucked over by um, this uh, ridiculous conservative culture that we had in the Reagan era uh-huh. um, and around that time. And uh, they really were uh, unfair, dealt a really unfair hand, you know? And I think what was amazing to learn about with her, um, she just had a horrible childhood, just an absolutely awful childhood. She, um, she had a, uh, you know, just horrible abuse. She was a part of a tradition of Irish music being fight music. Yes. Fighting back against oppressors. Yes. That was her, that's her lineage. She was never a pop star and she has said as much. That's the you thing. You know, which I think is amazing. I feel like it. I, I know, it's one of those things where I know that I'm not 
there's a whole context to Sinead O'Connor that I know that I'm missing, but just in the tradition of like Irish protest music that you mentioned, and also what was going on in Ireland in the 90s, right? Like, yeah. if you haven't seen Dairy Girls, like Dairy Girls is a great little introduction to like the troubles and the Civil War in Northern Ireland and all that. And so this was, I also didn't know about Sinead O'Connor. And um, around the same time that the documentary came out, there's also several books that came out about her. There's a great You're Wrong About uh, that goes all through her with the author of one of those books whose name is I will bring up in a second, but um, but they were talking about that. So many activists, they when they are when their story is told, the intention of what they did is taken away, and it's like I learned about Sinead O'Connor. Like, wow, poor Sinead O'Connor. She ripped up a picture of the Pope on Saturday Night Live, and her career was never the same. And the intention of her of being like, I know exactly how explosive this is. Right. I know the impact of doing it on live television. I know what this will do to my career. I'm doing it anyway. Like, I want to do this. And and she, you know, the quote that everyone was sharing this week is she said, you know, I didn't ruin my career. I right. ruined the career they had planned for me. Like, I ruined all the money they were hoping to make off of me. But, like, I was born to perform, and I still do, th- that's what I get to do now, to, like, make my money or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, that's what and, yeah, I... Yeah, and she wanted to be a protest singer, you know? Bob Dylan was one of her heroes. Like, she wanted to make protest music. And how crazy was it? Then that's the craziest thing, right, is everyone points to, is that right after the uh, uh, SNL thing, she was performing at Madison Square Garden, a fucking Bob Dylan Dylan tribute, no less. And that was the performance where everyone was booing and, and Chris Christopherson, God bless him, came out and, 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 and protected you know, her. backed her, which was amazing. And like, and the bravery of her, and she said, fuck it. And she cut the song they were going to play and she re-sang the thing she sang at SNL. And I, it was, it's so powerful. Yeah. She's like, she's an incredible person. And, uh, very, very, very uh, blown away by her. Definitely watch that documentary. Um, it's, uh, I think it was Showtime, I believe. The other thing I love seeing the hip hop community come out really huge for her, uh, like on Twitter, Flavor Flav, who's like my new favorite person to follow on Twitter, by the way. He's like a massive Swifty now. He's just amazing. Just every, he, all, all he does is, is give money to teachers who need money for school supplies. Like he's just kind of an incredible spirit on Twitter. And he came out really big and showed the clip from the documentary when she performed at the Grammys with the public enemy insignia painted on the side of her head uh, in protest because they weren't filming any of the hip hop uh, uh, Grammy categories. And, um, the hip hop community, the rap community, fucking really, really appreciated that. Yeah. So you know, yeah, it's, it's an just, amazing it's, alliance. She's awesome. And one of these things again, it's like I'm not like a huge music history person, but it is. It was kind of amazing that we're not really learning the full context of Sinead O'Connor and exactly the extent to which she knew exactly what the fuck she was doing until right. however many years later. The book, by the way, is called Why Sinead O'Connor Matters by Allison McCabe, mm. and Allison McCabe was on the You're Wrong about explaining all of this. But um, but yeah, we. Um, when I was in LA for the subathon, Jackie and Holden and I, after doing a really, really fun Jackin' with the Holdies, got we were drunk and we watched a bunch of Sinead O'Connor videos. And you know, it's like the only good thing about when a musician dies is that experience where you go back and you're just like, oh my god, I really. Right. It's like a. Tra- it's like a this like 
melancholy feeling of like, I should have listened to this more I before know. she her, died. Her, you know? Her songwriting, her voice, it's it's immaculate. Uh, yeah. So definitely Stunning. go go listen to it if you haven't already, which you probably have. Uh and let's talk about another sad death. Uh sorry to, sorry about this, but I have to give I have to give tribute to these people. I mean, yeah, they're we incredible cannot people. Talk about and I Phoebe. cannot talk about and I cannot talk about Paul Paul Rubens. I just you know, listen to, well, I'll, I'll just say this. We, we don't have to go too far on it. Listen to our pop history that we did. Me, Natalie, and Jackie did a full pop history on Pee Wee. Uh, uh, it's an incredible story. He's an incredible guy who also got totally fucked over by like a one line headline about him. Uh, almost more ridiculously, I feel like, because um, what are those movie theaters supposed to be for in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> Why are they? What are you talking about? It's a porn theater. Uh, but regardless, uh, yeah, it, it really sucked. I felt like what happened to him and I, Pee Wee's big adventure is, is, you know, probably on, I don't know where it lies, but it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And oh, yeah? his You're work in Pee-wee general guy? is so special. I mean, he's, his work is so special. Yeah. He's, he's incredible and a big early Tim Burton guy. I mean, that right. movie's amazing for all of that. Right. And, and just, uh, yeah, just an incredible talent. And I, I just hope he's getting like, the do that he deserves. I think he is. I saw so many people reach out about so many celebrities and come out and say how special and great he was and how apparently he would send you a bunch of like funny memes on your birthday. That was like a thing he did for like everybody who he was like friends with. And uh, it's very sweet. And I don't even want to read it because I'll cry, but he put out a, a like a, I think it was the day he died. He, he, he wrote down a message just saying like, I'm so sorry I hid this from you guys. Yeah. Like, I love you guys. Yeah. So. Dad. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'll vamp while you cry. Um, also, Natasha Leone was one of the kids on Pee Wee's Playhouse. Did uh-huh. you know that? <laughs> I, I saw her post. That's why I know that now. And Mara Wilson posted about how incredibly kind he was on the set of Matilda. Like, it was like the first, he like looked over at her and made like a real corny joke. And, you know, she said, like, you know, she felt like so trusting and close with him ever since. Like it's, it is, he is really one of those. It's interesting. The connection between him and Sinead is a really interesting one. Yeah. It's, I feel like there was something in the air with that one. I was like, this is very eerily, Tie, tied or in sync with it with each other baby bye 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 go on <laughs> and I was you know in 91 I was a young kid I was not close enough I, I was not I remember watching you know Pee-wee's Playhouse and stuff but like I was not I think that Gen X are the people who really have like the deep emotional connection to Pee-wee because they were kind of the right age to like really grow up with it but like right. you know the whole adult movie theater thing like kind of just that was totally one of the things, like, if we were to do a rewind about it, like, and I were to talk about my memory of it, it was totally just one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, it turns out Pee-wee's a pervert, LOL. And that was just kind of, like, the story that was then right. it, it, so solidified about him for decades that, again, wasn't really loosened until a few years ago. I hate social media now in a lot of ways, but the one nice thing about it is there's just so much more nuance to any story. I mean, that was the era of a dingo ate my baby, right. of, oh, my God, I can't believe this lady's suing McDonald's over coffee. Uh, You know what I mean? It was just every, it was, we wanted to distill every single person and every single news story down to like this simple idiotic premise. Right. And these two people were definitely suffered from that uh, for sure, you know? And, uh, uh, yeah, I just, it just, and I mean, we didn't even get into the fact that about, you know, how she was right. Right. (laughs) right. By the way, she was (laughs) so right. She was, 
so right and it's so ridiculous you know because um she was like in it she like grew up i don't know i don't know about you but we were like not in, growing up in it and she was right so like she knew what was going on with it i know but anyways um yeah so shouts to them and then one last rest in peace to um uh angus angus uh uh, Angus Cloud from Euphoria, right? From Euphoria, who played Fezco, who was incredible, and uh, man, just uh, God knows what's going on there. It was like a little early, so we don't know that many details. Maybe we don't need to know any details. He yeah. was an incredible talent on that show. Yeah, I will absolutely say that. And a little bit of that show dies for me because, um, you know, he was such a big part of what I liked about that show. Oh yeah. So, geez, Louise, can we get out of this? Uh. Pit oh of my despair. god! Okay, all right. Good it's a lord! Cruel Let's, summer. It's a what cruel else do we got summer. Here? Should we talk about how Kristen Bell feeds her children non-alcoholic beer? All right, well, all right. Okay, so the, with the with while the parents are here, right? It's a full on yes, parent party. First parent of all, show. how the kids doing? Are they doing oh, good? They're good. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is fun, dude. She's cute, bro. She does have her first dance recital this Saturday, which is going to be chaos and hilarious, and I'm so excited to go see it, and I'll probably cry a bunch. Um, but before we get to that, uh, we've got this non-alcoholic beer thing. I don't know how I feel about it. First of all, there technically always is like the tiniest amount, I guess, of alcohol in a non-alcoholic beer. Does that matter at all? I looked, I looked into that heavily when I was pregnant because I was like, can I drink non-alcoholic beer? And everything is like, oh, there's a little bit of alcohol in it, but it's like as much alcohol as juice, you know? I don't know. I mean... I'm just shocked that kids want to drink non-alcoholic beer yeah, at so all. This I remember that was the whole litmus test with like beer was like, all you have to do is be like, if a kid is like just really wanting your beer, just be like, okay, try some. And then they'll be so disgusted by it right. that they'll never want to try it again until they're much older. But for some reason, these kids are just like craft beer fucking <laughs> artisans. Yeah. So also, by the way, Kristen uh, Bell and Dak Shepard are in the news two different times this week, one of which because um, they got trapped at an airport in Boston and couldn't get a hotel and so they like had to try to sleep on the floor of the airport and then the airport kicked them out um but then also she is in the news because she said on the kelly clarkson show by the way she said that her kids like to go to restaurants and order non-alcoholic beer and she said the explanation she thinks is that dax is um in recovery and so he doesn't drink beer but he likes non-alcoholic beer and so she says that like when the kids were babies he would like take them on walks and drink non-alcoholic beer and so she thinks that they have like a nostalgic connection to it which is like okay whatever like maybe but her kids are nine and ten and so she says now when they're at restaurants they'll say do you have any non-alcoholic beer and she was like you might not want to like say that in public because people are gonna start judging me about it and i like went through such a roller coaster about this because at first i was like (laughs) well Aren't you? If you're giving your kids literally like a taste for beer, isn't that probably not good? Like, I'm not worried about the alcohol content. I think that it truly is like minuscule. But like, if are is it bad to be like develop your taste for beer? But to her point, she's like this. She said, if anything, it opens up the discussion for why Daddy has to drink non-alcoholic beer because some people lose their privileges with drinking. Drinking's not always safe. So like. I I kind by the end of this article I was like maybe this is like completely totally fine like it it's not they 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 might be cultivating their taste for beer but it's in the context of being like 
be, alcohol can really hurt people and like daddy has had to reorient his whole life so that he's not ever drinking and like so so it's probably they're probably getting like a pretty grounded discussion o- overall in terms of like substance use which is not what most kids get right like most kids right. try a sip of beer and then are like oh that's gross and then when they're right understanding even what why a non-alcoholic yeah like what right. the, the difference is and like what that means so like i kind of think it's I think kind of think it's fine. My problem is like I just realized like Dax Shepard sounds normal, but just Dax, <laughs> Dax, <laughs> hey Dax, Dax, is <laughs> so bad and weird sounding. Like I don't know, I just don't know if it's I'm, a good I'm name. A- <laughs> Dax, <laughs> hey Dax, I'm a little bit biased. Dax, you want me to suck your Dax? <laughs> I'm not even like a Kristen Bell stan, which I know many people rightfully are. I like Kristen She's, Bell. Yeah, I like Kristen Bell. Right. Yeah. Like, but I. I'm a little bit biased for the story because I really like the way that they both talk about parenting and they seem to have like a really cute relationship. And one time when I had a clogged duct when I was nursing, a clogged duct for you non-parents out there is when the milk gets stuck in the boob and it won't come out. Oh my God. It's and it's a, a nightmare. nightmare. And it's not just that it's painful and uncomfortable, but it's that like it will make you so sick that you need to be hospitalized if you can't figure out how to get the milk out of there. And so I was, I had a clogged <laughs> duct and I was like panicking and I was so upset and it was like the worst several hours ever. Um, you can like, I talk about how Gideon sucked your clogged duck no, down or whatever? No, but Dax Shepard sucked Kristen Bell's duck out. <laughs> and my sister-in-law told me, well, I was like in this throes. Dax, I need you to suck my dog. <laughs> I was in the throes Dax, of despair. And my sister-in-law goes, well, when Kristen Bell had a clogged duck, she got Dax Shepard to suck it out. And I laughed so hard that it like finally got me out of the funk that I was in. Right. So that I was able to like problem solve and get through it. And I will always love love Kristen Bell for sharing that because it is if you are not used to the general horrors that come with breastfeeding it is a disgusting story but if you are familiar with that fact that you will do anything to solve this problem yes. I actually think it is so endearing that Dax Shepard was only like I'll suck it out relief yeah yeah it's only a relief a giant relief yeah BP added more than 70 billion dollars to the US economy in 2022 Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. And what gives me the opposite sensation of relief is this talk already of a uh, potential Barbie sequel. And I knew this was going to happen. I I saw a quote already, I think, from Margot Robbie being like, 
you could just tell she was like, how fucking dare you talk to me about a sequel? We just rolled this movie out on the most exhausting press tour she's probably ever been on in her entire life. I mean, that was so aggressive, the advertising. And for good reason, by the way, this movie's about to make a billion dollars. I don't know if you knew that. I love that. I love that Taylor Swift and Barbie are saving the U.S. economy. I think it's Massively, <laughs> dude. It's crazy. Like... And, and, you know, and, and but you bring up a good point. I saw an article title about this, and I agree because I'm secretly am one. Uh, it was like, yeah, this is really proving that, like, there's this massive audience of girls and women out there that that will fucking, you know, really go for this kind of content that, like, if you actually make shit for them. Totally. Is this the thing that pisses me off? Okay, before we even get into this, I don't even want to say this stupid name because at the end of the day, he's just doing clickbait shit anyways, but for anybody out there who legitimately is, like, mad that, like, or is calling the Barbie movie, like, woke (laughs) or whatever, like... If you go into that movie and you're surrounded by the audience that movie was intended for, all I know is what I saw. And that was many women and girls (laughs) crying their fucking eyes out because of how much that it resonated with them. Yeah. So maybe dude, maybe it's not maybe it's not that it's like woke or whatever, bro. Maybe it's just for not for you. Right. And maybe it's for them. Right. And maybe they deserve content too and that everything doesn't have to be tailored for and what's so funny is it's like it's the snowflake fallacy. Like they want to call us snowflakes and they're the ones that feel like everything needs to be tailored for them and if it has the tiniest scent of wokeness or whatever they metric they judge woke on, which is all nonsense anyways. Uh, if it has a little inkling of that, then they get they go, oh, like they're an elephant with a mouse in the room. You know what I mean? And it's so pathetic. So I just can't believe that there's this is even a thing because if you were in that theater, the one that I was in, you would see how important this movie was for such a specific audience of people and like not feel like mad at it or whatever because like it's not it's and because it's also like it's not brainwashing them bro there's like there's let's say there's like a monologue in the movie that has a lot to say about what it means to be a woman that's not like a brainwash monologue that's a monologue that is so true in everything that it's saying to such a specific group of people that it makes them fucking cry right they're they're not crying because they're being tricked into thinking that's the way it is no no no. it's really hard to be in this society and be a woman and and try to be all these things at once it's fucking hard and this movie nails that you know what i mean and and so it just it just blows my mind and then based on what i just said mj right the the idea that this movie and you you knew it was going to happen i mean mattel it's, it's, mattel, it's, it's mattel they're just trying to get that cheddar you know they're going like, to make a sequel yes. and it's going to be fucking terrible because this is absolutely the kind of movie that just does not need a sequel at all i and i i really hope i really doubt and i hope for this too that margot robbie would not uh robbie whatever would not uh uh do it again so they'd have they'd have to get a completely new team to do it i doubt greta gerwig would do it i doubt greta because the whole thing is like she's like i have something to say say this yeah. isn't about the whole point I mean and I'm so sorry that I haven't seen Barbie yet so I can't speak to the specifics but I've read a lot about it I've really enjoyed Yeah, I, we've been talking a lot lately about how exhausted I am by just discourse about anything I'm just like I don't want to have I just don't I'm like so tired of having to formulate opinions on things I don't know I don't know and like I have I've really enjoyed the Barbie discourse and like people you know there's 
everything you said about how much it's resonating and how how many so many women women across all these different demographics and then i've also seen people be like you know the 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 feminism politics of barbie are like pretty basic but i saw a great tweet that was like well yeah like if it's a 101 to feminism like a lot of people need a 101 a lot of a lot of women need to be brought in and the whole goal of making if you're trying to make art that makes a point the goal should be to bring people in it shouldn't be to like you know, kind of signal in a way that like only people who already get it really get. It's like, right. no, bring people, if you're bringing in women across all demographics to like share in a understanding of like what patriarchy does to both women and men, like, okay, great. Let's talk about that. I, and I, I joked with you before we started that that's such a gatekeepery, like hipstery thing to say. Like I was into feminism way before you're getting into, you know what I mean? It's so lame. Right. It's Anyways. like, okay, well, cool. And, and we, we should make more advanced feminism things too, but like it just seems like there's it's such a net gain from a movie like Barbie and so and it seemed so clear that Greta Gerwig really had a very very clear idea of what she wanted to say and so yeah the idea of of, of franchising it for a sequel is just such like, a bad idea well, you're gonna just miss the point unless there is something else to say right that I, needs that has to be said in a Barbie sequel I just don't it's not about the character it's not about like let's put these same characters in a different situation it is literally about women and men recognizing what this system does right. to them. How are you going to turn that into a sequel? You and know? and it, it's, uh, you know, and, and it, I said this also before we started that, you know, the only way a sequel works is if like in five, ten years, Greta Gerwig shot up out of bed and said, oh my God, I have a great fucking idea to, for, a, for a sequel to Barbie and, you know, and made something that, that or, or Margot Robbie even too. She also, shout out to her, she wasn't just like the lead. She's the one who brought Greta Gerwig into the project. She's the one that like she's on it as a producer. She's more than just the lead actor. Oh, she's so she's part of the creative vision as well. Oh, this whole this whole thing got saved by her. Really, this movie was licensed by Warner Brothers back when there was a fucking Battleship movie, and everybody thought there was going to be a Candyland movie. Uh You know what I mean? It was Uh when there was just a crazy cash grab for converting dumb toys into movies and then uh, it passed through a bunch of different hands it was going to be bad eight different ways and then Margot Robbie got got attached to the project oh. had already been had already had like a really good you know uh, a conversation relationship with Greta Gerwig brought her in on the project Greta Gerwig brought Noah Baumbach in to co-write it oh. and uh, signed on to direct uh, and then Gerwig signed on to direct as well so, so she's just as much okay. uh, part of what makes this movie happen and great outs- past just being the lead actress and she's like so incredible I was just thinking about the other day as I was thinking about the movie I was just like it is so fucking breathtaking how beautiful she is it is like so insane I mean no one else could be Barbie like it's just so unless it was a totally different kind of movie if like it if it was uh, movie, right. Amy who was going to do it, it, it was it Amy Poehler or was it um, anyway some, uh, somebody else was going to do it it was going to be very different Barbie uh-huh. right but anyways uh, I, I think even more ridiculous before we get into the uh, celebrity conspiracy I think even more ridiculous is gotta be the Polly Pocket Lena movie Dunham, in the works Polly directed Pocket. by Lena Dunham and thoughts on Lena Dunham aside yes, I mean we can put wow. her but, aside it's just like there's uh, like Polly <laughs> this is Pop- the classic. It's such a misunderstanding idiot. of what people like about the movie. It's not because it's a toy from their childhood only. It's a bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, like nobody has a has a canonical lifelong decade, half a century long re- cultural relationship. Yes. with Polly Pocket. Well, that's that's the other thing that's frustrating about people going after Barbie for being quote unquote woke. It's like. 
because they don't understand any of the history. Like, and by the way, Wisdom the Bruiser on Barbie. Uh, I'm really proud of that episode. We really get into all that. I feel like it's a perfect companion piece for this movie in so many ways because we cover so many of the head nods that this movie takes. So you'll have a lot more better of a background if you're not like already f- locked in, like keyed into the whole Barbie world uh and history and talk about discourse it's cool that the movie itself is like oh you want to you want to do the barbie discourse we will within the movie well, that's what address I'm saying. all the different things about barbie over the years right? yeah it's not them injecting wokeness in a barbie to talk about barbie is to talk about this stuff right, it has been right. a part of the conversation forever because she's such a duality she's this like perfect annoyingly perfect ideal of a woman who thinks math class is tough <laughs> but then you know and all these kind of shitty like male gaze things applied to her right. and then at the very same time, she went to space before women could have a bank account. Right, right, right. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but she was an astronaut before uh, uh, in, uh, that you could buy as a, one of her career Barbie models before uh, you could go into a bank and fucking <laughs> get a fucking checking account as a woman. Like that's, you know, so it's just a fascinating conversation, right? Right. And Polly Pocket has none, none of these of things going on with it. None and it's of so stupid. That. It's going to be so not the thing. And it's like, again, it's just like a Barbie sequel. It's just not what made people like, yes, the it, it's so lucky that Barbie's such a splashy, uh, uh, marketable brand right. that is so, you know, everyone's right. dressing in the pink to the go see the movie. The visuals are working for it. No question. It's like, totally working for it, but it's that and. Totally. It's that totally. and the giant cultural conversation around it. Totally. And what Barbie means in 2023 to a lot of mothers and daughters. Totally. And that's right? why it's like, I, I keep seeing people being like, you know, I can't believe that this just like Mattel cash grab is being seen as feminist or whatever. And I don't, I don't really have a lot of patience for that point of view. But if the takeaway from like producers and studios or whatever is to be like, oh, let's just do other toys, then it is a capitalist yeah, cash grab. Then like, it is idiotic. You're completely and it, yeah, missing totally. the point of what this, again, the Barbie film is about. It so clearly has a very strong idea, a very strong point of view. It is so clearly trying to literally make patriarchy visible when its whole thing is that it's invisible um, and and seems normal and like all the and it has such a good idea behind it. And I'm sorry, let's like the, I actually until you were describing all the toy franchise movies, it's like <laughs> you can't just name a toy. Yeah, that yeah. People have nostalgia for the Trolls movie. Yeah, sure, okay. I, I think people like the Trolls movies, but it's not. There's not like a bigger idea, there, right? You know? It's just, just nothing. It's just oh yeah, remember trolls? Yeah, you can go by that movie, but make that movie. But but they're probably going to make a Polly Pocket because it's Lena Dunham. They're going to make a Polly Pocket movie that's like trying to do this, yeah. and it just doesn't have the same. The actual brand doesn't have the same weight. Who knows? Maybe best she, of luck yeah. to them. Maybe it'll be fascinating. Maybe, can, Maybe it'll be know, amazing. Yeah, Lena Dunham is a creative person. Maybe she'll have some cool ideas. It seems so cynically decided yes, on. I that think they, that's you know it, what I mean. It's like it's literally like what if we just. It's like trying to take the same formula yeah. and plug in a different toy. We can't get Greta Gerwig, but we could get Lena yeah. Dunham. Like, That's I just see woman. the meeting. I see the shitty. Totally. Exa- and they look like the guys that the 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 corporate office in Mattel is like in the Barbie movie. They look like those. it's all guys. Uh, it's all men so in their dumb. 50s. Do you remember that? Yeah. That, uh, fucking Matt Damon movie where he shrunk down into a little band. Everybody had to be small. Uh-huh. You know, it's going to be like that. It's just like, <laughs> what is the point here? What is the vision? What creative thing, what meaningful, emotionally resonant thing can you say about Polly Pocket? Right. I say that as someone with several Polly Pockets in my home right now. One last thing is one of the arguments is like, it's so woke. They say patriarchy like 20 times in Barbie. All right. 
it's a joke. <laughs> like the whole thing is that the word is being used idiotically because Ken's an idiot. That's the bit. So he says it a bunch like an idiot. You're an idiot for saying that because they say that word, it's a, okay, let me explain comedy to you. Comedy, you create like patterns of things so you can play off of that. Anyways, all right, it's Gaylor time. Celebrity conspiracy, it's Gaylor time. Hit me with the share. do you believe in? Fucking Gaylor, bro. Let's go, we're doing a Gaylor one. Of course, it's you and me. We got to do Gaylor. I mean, you know what I mean? It's Era's week. I mean, it has to happen, okay? This one comes in from an anonymous emailer who writes, Hey, Holden and gang, knowing you all live for Gaylor as much as I do, I wanted to share a juicy conspiracy about Taylor Swift and her rumored relationship slash fling with Glee's very own Diana Agron. Agron? Yes. Argron? Argron. Whatever. Swift Grin is what it's called, which took place before, during, and after the Red Era is yep. the o- other big ship in the Gaylor community alongside Kaler, which came right after with the 1989 era. And, yep. and look, this is all stuff you know, but this kind of blew me away. The actual conspiracy okay. is... Because I remember we've mentioned the Diana Agron thing, because remember she had a quote in a, mm-hmm. like, is this about you or whatever in an interview, and she was like, didn't confirm or deny. So let's get into it. So I think even even the non-Gaylers, this will be fascinating as okay. a concept, just as an idea. The whole theory re- involves the 2014 music video of Sam Smith's hit, I Know I'm Not the Only One, which is such a good song, by that the way. That is such a good song. Which starred Diana Agron okay. as a housewife whose husband cheats in her, and how T-Swift's 2018 music video for the Sugarland collab titled Babe, which I'd never heard of, and it's a, I actually really enjoyed the song, is identical in plot, shooting, cast, timestamps, etc. Of course, there are cases in which productions will copy smaller artists and pass the idea off as their own, but the similarities in this one are pretty eerie and definitely seem pointed. It was confirmed Taylor presented the treatment for the video herself. The length of the... T- t- all right, so here's some little bits. The length of the Taylor Swift song, Babe, is 334, and the music video adds a whole minute and four seconds, making it the exact same length as the Sam Smith video starring Taylor's ex. The story of both music videos is a housewife who sends her husband off to work at the start of the music video, and we slowly see it cut between husband cheating with a mistress and the wife getting drunk at home and throwing out his belongings on the street. It is like the same... Seriously, it's the same music video. Okay. And the idea here, I guess, to to pique your interest on this, the idea here is that it's like Taylor Swift making a nod. It's directed towards Zayda Agron, assuming that she like cheated on Taylor. And so Taylor Swift is fucking masterminded an entire music video to be the same as the other music video that Diana was in. As a way to say to Diana, and hiding in plain sight, bitch, you cheated Whoa. on me and I'm fucking mad about it. And honestly, everything else aside, watch the two videos <laughs> back to back and you will be blown away at how identical they are. <laughs> it is like crazy. Diana plays the mistress in the Sam Smith uh, music video, while in the Taylor music video, the wife is played by the Sugarland lead singer, who looks a lot like Diana, and Taylor plays the mistress. It is heavily speculated on Swift Grin's relationship was heavily toxic, and the fallout was pretty severe for a few years, not to mention the main Diana song, Wonderland. Apparently, everyone speculates that Wonderland 
1989, was placed in the deluxe version, not the main album. Also, Diana has since gotten her Alice in Wonderland tattoo removed, which tied her to the song. Basically, people think there was cheating involved between them. Uh, Taylor chose to copy the video, like I said, uh, about cheating to send a message. It's hard to convey how this isn't just a case of someone copying a music video (laughs) idea. The shots are identical and the cuts match exactly the timestamps of the original video. You'd have to play them both simultaneously to see how bonkers this is. The fact this isn't speculated on outside of Gaylor is mind-boggling to me. Also, how has Sam Smith not said anything Makes me think that Swiftgrin is an inside secret in these circles, and no one wants to piss off Taylor by calling mm-hmm. attention to it. I'll attach a couple screenshot compilations of the similarities. I saw those. It is so true. Uh, the idea of Tay being this psychotic is so sexy. Yes. I don't know what's wrong That's with me, my favorite says the writer. That's my absolute... I'm so glad that the writer said this, because my absolute favorite part <laughs> of all Taylor conspiracies, but especially the Gaylor ones, and especially this one, it ascribes so much, like evil agency to Taylor in a way that I think is just so fun. Like, is Taylor this all-powerful, incredibly vindictive person? She ends her uh, album with uh, at Midnight's with a song titled Mastermind in which she talks about how she completely controls every outcome or or at least did so with the, uh, the one... Uh, guy. I mean, I also I want to call out a tweet that I saw this morning that said, I want to thank Taylor Swift because these conspiracies are the only thing holding two million white women back from QAnon. And that was about a different Taylor conspiracy. <laughs> I love that. But there are, she is such material for conspiracy theories, I think because, you know, of her whole self-cultivated, um, I'm this masterful uh, one person, um, you know, I do everything. But I just I just love that. And I love the Gaylor ones so much. I know, I and saw I, this Gaylor. This is not the first time I've heard about her and Diana Agron. This is, there's a lot of buzz about it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, tons of buzz. Yeah, I, I had to do a Gaylor one since it was just right there in front of my face and it was going to be just you and me today. So there you have it. Hope you enjoyed you it. You know me, I believe. There you go. All right, MJ, I think it's time for you to present me with something. Oh, uh, is it time for the list? Oh, who's on the list? MJ, gotta have that list. Hey, it's my list. And this list is uh, pop culture moments that will surprise you. <laughs> um, and so let's see if they surprise you this is and people are gonna be so mad at me but guess what <laughs> i'm so one? sorry guys i promise it'll be different soon i know you're about it's you're about, about to hear Taylor someone's Swift. name again that you're gonna write a review about that mj's inevitably gonna read <laughs> where you accuse so us of talking people. too much about her and i get it i understand it she's at the but she's at the tip of my brain right now i'm listening to all of her records right now in preparation for eras i'm watching i was watching reputation uh on netflix last night I'm so, I apologize. I feel like I'm apologizing to my wife right now. I'm just, a cons- <laughs> I'm just profusely, I'm so sorry for all of all that I've wrought upon you. I know, but this is only, it's not a Taylor Swift list. Don't <laughs> worry. It is a pop culture facts list, but she is on the list. And the fact is that her favorite song lyric of all time is, I had some dreams. They were clouds in my coffee from Carly Simons. So this is not her own favorite song lyric, favorite song lyric of others. This is a line from, Carly Simon's 1972 hit You're So Vain. Swift is a huge admirer of Simon, so much so that she brought her out on her Red Tour in 2013 to perform You're So Vain. It was an iconic moment in music history. So, 
take put that in your pipe and smoke it. I fucking love it, man. Beautiful, man. <laughs> yeah, that is a that is a fun fact. Now I know what it's like to be Jackie defending the list. <laughs> this is a fun fact. How about this fun fact? Lily Tomlin, the ultimate queen of comedy, the legendary Frankie Bergstein from Grace and Frankie, is the voice of Miss Frizzle from the Magic School Bus. In an interview with Vanity Fair, she said, I was very happy I did it because it was wonderful to play a woman science teacher. People in our family had small children at the time, and they would sit in the living room with me, and they'd see Miss Frizzle come on. They'd listen to it, look back at me, and say, now you say it. I did not know this. Yeah, Lily Tomlin's Miss Frizzle. Are you are you a Magic School Bus fan, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I haven't watched it since 1995, so I, but I loved it. So Danny be- Tamborelli, friend of the, you know, friend, friend of the, of the show. Network, yeah. uh, uh, little Pete from Pete and Pete. Uh, he came over to do a Twitch stream with me one time, and everybody he brought up the fact that you know he was because he was a voice on the show, right? And um, there was this one episode where like a fish like jizzes all over like the. <laughs> it's like such a weird episode where they go into the ocean <laughs> and a fish like nuts, and you gotta watch it. It's so funny. We like pulled it up to confirm that it existed, and just were dying laughing. So, anyways, I just remember that's just a fun extra little factoid for uh, uh, magical school bus. If you were a kid in the nineties. I want to say especially at public school. Maybe this happened at private school. But if your teacher was absent, you better believe you're watching Magic School Bus that day or Bill Nye. And that's that was my entire relationship with Magic School Bus. It was like, instead of teaching today, we are going to watch Magic School Bus. And you know what? I learned a lot. How about this? <laughs> Tyler James Williams, who plays Gregory on Abbott Elementary, is actually the star of the 2000s TV show Everybody Hates Chris. His iconic frustrated stares on Abbott feel so similar to the ones he made when he was a kid on Everybody Hates Chris. Another Abbott Elementary actor from your favorite childhood movie TV show, you ask? Lisa Ann Walter, who plays Melissa, is Chessie from The Parent Trap. I don't know fucking Chessie. I don't know fucking Chessie either, but I do know <laughs> Everybody Hates Chris. Who's Chessie? Who I'm gives sorry, a shit about Chessie, MJ? Probably a lot of people give a shit about Chessie, Holden. We have to be careful. Who knows <laughs> oh what God. Chessie did? I haven't seen The Parent Trap also. That's what we're going to get emails on. How dare you not know about Chessie? Oh, my God. I, you know what's going to happen? The Pope's going to write it. <laughs> How fucking dare you? How fucking dare you defend that woman? Uh, <laughs> All right. This next one, I do wish Jackie was here to sing it, but we will cope without her, uh, especially for her love of musicals. When Zoe Kravitz was a kid and ran errands with her mom, the iconic Lisa Bonet, Lisa would embarrass her by scream singing The Sound of Music. Zoe Kravitz said, my mom used to do this really embarrassing thing when I was a kid and we'd be leaving a grocery store and we'd be in the parking lot. She would start singing The Sound of Music in an opera voice, Kravitz told Rolling Stone. She just loved how embarrassed I got. She would do something she would think is embarrassing if I told her I thought it was embarrassing and she would start to belt, the hills are alive. And I'd be like, no. (laughs) So aren't celebrities just like us? Absolutely. They always are. Except it's Lisa Bonet and Zoe Kravitz. So just imagine like the two hottest people you've ever seen. In this scenario, Zoe Kravitz is an adult. I'm, I'm picturing Lisa Bonet <laughs> trying to embarrass adult Zoe Kravitz. <laughs> um, all right. Actors Nicole Kidman, this is some page seven bait right here. Actors Nicole Kidman, Katie Holmes, and Mimi Rogers were at one time or another married to Tom Cruise. The fun fact, they were all 34 years old when they got divorced from Cruise. That's the limit. I wonder if that is his... Like Arrested Development That's, thing. Yes. I, I included, I felt like we needed to include this because it might be another piece of information we need in unlocking the mystery around 
Tom Cruise? What's going on? Well, they always say you're locked into the age in which you became famous. Uh, so what was his first risky business, right? Was 1983. Yeah, he must so much younger than that. 1983. Though. He was born in 1962. So he got famous at 21 yeah. years old. So if you're 34 and you're with an emotional 21-year-old, yeah. that's when you start, you see the facade to start to crack, my yeah. friend. That's when you, and then also he's fucking every time you walk in, he's got a cod on his back. It's hard. It's hard to. They, that's probably at the time, the age that they decide. You know what? I don't need to be married to a man who fucks fish. Yeah, exactly. You've, you know, but and also there's so much symbolism around women in the the year 35 because that's when they all get told that they're worthless and that their biological clock is ticking. Well, so I feel pretty worthless too if I walked into a darkened room and I saw my husband with a fucking barramundi up his beehole. You know, what I mean, <laughs> I think I'd be having a hard time with that as well you know well he just needs to find a fish who will never get older than 34 there you there you have it all right this is fun carlos santana was so high on lsd during his performance at the woodstock festival in 1969 he thought his guitar neck was a snake <laughs> in an interview santana recalled the neck of the guitar started wavering like a snake and i was like uh-oh I just started making faces because I was trying to keep it tame, you know? There you go. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the most old man hippie dumb thing to say. I know. And all their shit was bad. Actually, never mind. The LSD was good. The weed was bad. They had really good LSD. They had actual LSD. So maybe they would. But, you know, as a person who who's used psychedelics, the first thing you learn is like, you hallucinate, but you don't, I don't know. Maybe maybe I've just never, I've, I have never done acid, so I guess that's my admission. And sometimes people say they see things. But it's a lot more like, for me, it's a lot more emotional. And like, it's just like, you just see visuals are just kind of the melting of the world around you. But I don't like, you know, Lexi's fingers don't turn into worms or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's never happened. But again, I haven't gone all the way to the moon like some people have. So you just don't have that Carlos Santana stuff. And this is the last item on the list because I think that our people will like it. All of the men who filmed sex scenes with Kim Cattrall on Sex in the City wore a cup over their pee-pee so okay. that nothing would show on the screen. The cups were labeled KC for Kim Cattrall. Why? So just they called them KC cups. KC cups. Was it just Kim? None of the other actresses did uh, needed a codpiece? Just this, Kim? Or? I mean, this list did not specify, but yeah, I mean, sh certainly she was the one with the most, like, Sex scenes, right? And the she most was potential the peen. most per promiscuous one for sure. Yeah, but yeah. what did what did Miranda's? You know, what did uh, Cynthia Nixon's cups say? Did they say CN cups or were they all KC cups? And maybe that's why I think they said FKC for fuck Kim Cattrall because <laughs> apparently there were so many issues on the set. Maybe that's why they're mad. There's Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall are mad at each other because Sarah Jessica Parker wrote an F. I think the other cups said uh, no to the he dogs. And some <laughs> cups had wink at all the. She dogs written on it, I believe, is uh, uh, I believe from what I remember. I'm not going to make April play the <laughs> Kim Cattrall scatting every time we mention Kim Cattrall, but we could introduce <laughs> that on this show. Uh, she can play April. Please play Kim Cattrall scatting. Thanks, April. Yamakipiebo, cedere for cable, wind dog Latin, he quotes. Uje, suffice all the he-dogs and winked at all the she-dogs. The town never knew such a hullabaloo as that little dog raised till the end of that day. And that's my list. All right. Well, that... 
the sound of that made me. Yeah, that's right. I think I'm going blind. Items. Oh, I can't see them. The one named permanent A plus list celebrity had her falling out with the mogul earlier this year. Uh, and it didn't take her long to hook up with the wealthy bookseller to get a bunch of money from him for programming No One Will Watch. Okay. This is going to be harder, right? Because it's just you, I right? God, the pressure is on. Fuck. Let's break it down. Okay. One name permanent A-plus list celebrity. Beyonce. No. Rihanna. No. Think not singer. Think one named A-plus list permanently from when we were young. A when huge. We were young. We were, yeah, not Adele. Not Adele. <laughs> not <though>. Adele. <laughs> um, oh God. Okay, so she's not a singer. She had her own everything: magazine, uh, show, uh, you name it. And, and, Oprah. Yes. Come on, who's who's the bookseller? I mean, it's it's absurd to say bookseller in this day and age, but uh, Amazon. Who runs that? Oh, Bezos? Yeah, yeah. But uh, And she had a falling out with the mogul earlier this year, so it didn't take her long to hook up with Bezos. Oprah did. Do you know who Oprah was? Was had a, might have had a falling out with? This was a little tougher. Big music producer um, uh, who got into movies and everything else. But I might just have to spell this one out for you. Uh, yeah, give me... I'll give it to you. Just David Geffen is the third. Oh, yeah, I would not have. So that. Oprah had a fallout with David Geffen, and now she's banging Bezos. Wow. Yeah, dude. Banging in a career way. And you did mention Beyonce. She was actually recently seen at the Beyonce concert. Beyonce puts her celebrity guests, by the way, on this like pedestal, like up on this high <laughs> balcony. That's but it's in the middle of the floor. Like it's so weird. So they're on display in this way. That's kind of interesting, but fun because no one can touch them. You know, I, so that's kind of fun. Beyonce was at the the in in Jersey. Um, this past weekend, and I was extremely, extremely Man, FOMOing would, seeing people's pictures. I would love to go. I feel like in the, uh, until I become a lot richer, I yeah. kind of have to choose one. Yeah. Like, I can't go. I mean, I would be going to Blackpink, Beyonce, yeah. all the big ticket stuff if I could. Um, I feel insane for how much money I spent on just Taylor Swift tickets for the worst <laughs> seats ever. For a very big life event, this foreign-born permanent A-list singer from a permanent A-list group decided to have sex in a public bathroom, something he had not done in over a decade. He's old, he's known for all the kids he's made, and he's a big in a big old rock band. Mick Jagger. 80th birthday, celebrated until 3 a.m. alongside Leonardo DiCaprio, Lenny Kravitz. A couple of his kids were there, and he's banging in the bathroom, baby. <laughs> I, I wonder mean... if he ripped a line of blow cane in the process. Process, I you know? love this for Mick Jagger because the experience for many of us of aging is that we can't do the same things we used to do when we were young. And that just seems to have not happened to him. And what a blessing for him. We're happy. We, we, yeah. We love it. It's, I saw a picture of him. I mean, he definitely looks old as all hell, but he still looks like he's thriving. Yeah. Marching like into how many times party. over should he be dead right now? How is his liver still functioning? You know, I mean, the real one is uh, Keith Richards, yeah. right? I mean, that guy, I mean, if More you've so. read his autobiography, you're just absolutely in shock that he still <laughs> exists on this planet. I mean, that guy lived on a cocktail of cocaine and heroin for, for fucking several, several years. Yeah. He was just insane. I mean, their parties were insane. Like they just the description of how the tear they went through America in the seventies, just fucking up hotel rooms left and right. Just 
insanity, man. I love it, though. <laughs> yes, we're That's why I love them. the Stones, man. I love the Rolling Stones. You know what I mean? I mean, they're definitely... Eve, I mean, she made too many kids. Ooh, but imagine just banging an 80-year-old in the bathroom. But I, I know, guess right? Mick Jagger, it's fine. Well, who knows? Maybe he's banging some 90-year-old broad. <laughs> who knows? Maybe some 90-year-old brought the tits. I don't know. You never know. All right, here, here you go. The wife of the actor already got the first kid out of the will. I'm not sure the point of having another child unless she just really loves saying the word ocho. Uh, Hilaria? Hilaria. Did Hilaria get Ireland Baldwin Out of bounced the will? off the will? And are they going to have another kid? The article that it's linked to, I will say, by the way, is headlined, Hilaria Baldwin jokes about having 11 more kids with Alec in anniversary posts. Whoa. Blow my brains out. Now I'm looking to see if there's any sto- uh, other stories about Ireland and the will. But, oh, I want Ireland Baldwin must hate Hilaria, right? I would I would maybe think that's that's a lot of kids to kind of shut you out of existence there is, with your dad. There is an Us Weekly uh, from just a few months ago, May 2023, Alec Baldwin and daughter Ireland Baldwin's ups and downs over the years. Um, so I think that they've had a bit of a rocky one. Um, and yeah, you know, having a stepmom who is like not all that much older than you would be a little bit weird and having yeah seven new siblings within like seven years yeah and the part where she's pretending to be a, a hispanic <laughs> the, the woman part where she's pretending to be a hispanic woman is, is weird. weird yeah there's just a lot that's weird <laughs> a lot that's weird never stops being weird mj you made it i made the it? only one you didn't get was david geffen and i took Thank pity you. on you, you know yeah you got through all the blinds wow can you see i can can. I can absolutely see it. I see that we've made it to the end of our show. Is it amazing? We did it. Now, let's see how people feel about the amount of Taylor Swift that was mentioned in this show. I know. Can I just say, it's a particularly special week for it. Yes, and and I'm week. running things in with, with the articles and everything, and MJ's, or Jackie, rather, is uh, away. You get your week. So the Tay-Tays will play. I get my week. We didn't talk about our kids that much. Yeah. We could have done that way more. We'll probably will at the leftovers. We'll talk about the leftovers. <laughs> Thank you so much for bearing with a Jackie-less episode. Yes. We hope you enjoyed it. I was I was up for the challenge. I know MJ was too. Jackie will be back next week. Absolutely. She's doing great. She's thriving, but she's got a lot of work to do. And we want to give her that space and time to get that work done. Uh, thanks so much again, everyone, for, for hanging out with us. If you'd like to support us further, patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. That's patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. Um, uh, we do weekly bonus episodes. We do the leftovers. I'm doing it with MJ today. Where we cover any article uh, that we didn't cover in the show. We have lots to talk about. Uh, apparently, Kim Jong-un's terrified that K-pop's going to destroy North Korea, which is my favorite headline I read <laughs> I this know. week. So I was like, I want to get one of my friends who's like a foreign policy person to explain this to me because I I get it. it. I totally get it. It's going <laughs> to take fun. They're seeing how much fun everyone's having on the other side of the fence. And they're like, hey, wait a second. It looks like it's very like colorful and fun. <laughs> over there and everyone's like got fun hairstyles and they're all singing and like everyone's like really like enjoying their lives he literally said the haircuts the haircuts are part of the threat yeah that's totally a part of it it's the whole thing so i guess it's literally like pleasantville they're like seeing (laughs) that it's like colorful on the other it's like black and white where they're at they're like i want what someone (laughs) we'll talk about at the leftovers uh uh but anyways and also jackie does her readings we've and then for ten dollars a month you can join us on discord for our jersey hang watch long 
along on uh, Thursdays. Uh, so check that out as well. Patreon.com forward slash page seven podcast. You can check me out. Twitch.tv forward slash uh, Holdenators Ho. I'm Holdenators Ho on Twitch. Monday through Friday streams. Friday I do check in with the Holdies. It's always a blast. MJ joined us this last time and it was amazing. So, much fun. so oh my God. Uh, uh, such a good time over there. And page seven podcast at gmail.com for any, uh, any, uh, you know, if you have conspiracies, shout outs, all that good stuff. Lastpodcastnetwork.com is for our tour tickets. Release the Butthole Cut is coming back in September and October. We're hitting the Southeast. We're hitting the Rust Belt. I finally said it in the right context. <laughs> uh, so definitely check us out on that as well. MJ? My name is MJ, and I'm MJKLCat on Instagram. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, We'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.